0: Amen. Amen. I don't see, are we hooked up with Canada this morning? (laughs) All right. Okay, while you're standing, let's just read a text before we're seated. It's going to be a good subject. Uh, It's going to perplex the dull mind. So if you're not interested in the rapture, you will not find this study interesting at all, because without the baptism of the Holy Ghost... These messages will not mean anything to you. Can I hear, old oh, me. So those that listen out on the line, I'm talking to people out worldwide. Those that do not believe basically what you're teaching of the presence and the perusia and the finishing of the seventh seal. That we are coming to the place that we can understand. And I've got in this lesson pointing you to it, what, you're, what we're looking at that the prophet said we can almost tell within the month the time of the rapture or the catching away. Now, if, if we could tell within a month period, not even maybe a day or the hour, but maybe to the week, then there has to be something for an exact date already in the scripture sitting there that would indicate that we would know when the time would come. It's not something that will happen, well, I'll get a third pull, we'll have a miracle, and then we'll know within a month. No, it will be something revealed to us as we feed upon the hidden manna, which is within the veil or under the seventh seal. Now, this manna can only be uh, digested by those that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or we call it the new birth. Because without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you cannot come in type to the holiest of all in the tabernacle or the holiest place where the pillar of fire reigns, which we are in by the message of this hour. We're going to use a lot of symbolism. We'll even give you a drawing. Most of this, Brother Brown in the last two years taught you more about Israel and the feast in the Old Testament than he did in most of his sermons. But he pinpointed to me, showed me the direction or step-by-step that we would come to, that we can actually know that we're sealed into an allotment of the Word of God. That revelation identifies us as the sons or little messiahs or the eagle family of this hour. And that basically we are a part of the 11th hour workers, you young people, where I know this is hard to grasp, but if you can say amen and believe the vindicated word of this hour that will place you as 11th hour worker and you get everything that we have worked for for seven church ages. Those children born in the exodus period under Moses, under the pillar of fire in this hour only had to receive the vindication of Moses to make it. So the word made flesh in this hour if you can receive it is your seal it is your Melchizedek taking you through the process of immortality for the rapture. So this morning we want to look at the subject, the seventh seal and the golden censer. We're picking up the seals for the Gentiles. We're picking up the types uh, of the feast or the tabernacle for Israel because that's how Jesus, uh, Brother Bram explained it. So as we go from part to part, type to type, it will take us step by step that we can realize where we're at in this process called the rapture. So let's look in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 and 20 as a part of our text last week. Now we're hooked up with Canada. We welcomed them into the service this morning. I don't know what kind of uh, band they got up there yet, but I see some of them uh, actually in church. Let me ask you a question. If it was mandated for us, And I was called this week by, not called, but text by a minister. Brother Gregory, would your people wear a mask in church if that's the only way that they could have church? I said, well, I don't know. I said, those that wanted to come would. Those that wouldn't, wouldn't. He said, well, I've got that problem in the church because we're under the mandate we have to wear a mask if we come to church. And about half the congregation won't come because they won't want to wear a mask. So, I said, I thought the squeeze sort of put us together instead of dividing us apart. So if it, now then the mask is a division. How many those without a mask you're a Republican, with a mask you're a Democrat? <laughs> if you don't wear a mask, you're a racist. If you do wear a mask, you're all right. You're in. And the guy that told us that the other day, he just got to get him a speech. We're all going to die if we don't wear a mask. In 10 minutes, they showed him with a picture sitting by talking to somebody without a mask. And wonder why they call him a hypocrite. It's going to be a shame that the mask will keep Biden hid up in the closet and win an election that he don't even know when he wins, when he wins. This thing is coming down to a close. We're looking for our woman president, which he's going to have a vice, and whoever the vice president will be the president. And it's setting it up for the mark of the beast, and you can see the power and the struggle. You can't even work. You won't be able to do nothing. You won't be able to have a church. The first thing they'll be after, if a Democrat gets in, will be the church. They'll shut us down to the T, and that's all right because we're ready to get out of here. I would say somewhere around October, September, October, the year after the election, we will be in a rapture. And we'll show you why we think that. Amen. There's scripture for it. So in Hebrews chapter six, verse nineteen to twenty, says now which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Now everything within the veil. Uh, David, can you go ahead and put the drawing up there of the uh, the tabernacle and the different places and system, so we might get a picture. All right. Now, everything within the veil, that little room up there only shows an ark. Everything in there pertains to the revelation under the seventh seal for you and I for the rapture. Now, remember, in this period, under this tabernacle, no one could enter into that holiest of all outside of Aaron, the high priest, and Moses, a prophet, that could go in there any time he wanted to. But the high priest could only go in there uh, once a year to offer up for the atonement. And remember, the blood was in the holiest of all. Sprinkled seven times, everything in there was sprinkled by blood. So you have to be in the holiest of all to be under the blood today. The blood is in the holiest of all. The blood is in the revelation of this allotment of the word. We don't have a, a tent anymore, yet we have a tent in a vision. But this little segment there, the holiest of all, represents to us, I call it a bride age, or it is an allotment of the Word, it is a revelation that basically sets aside the bride for immortality. There's where we're resting today in the holiest of all, which is the seventh seal to us. Everything in that wholeness of all has a part of us for the body change. All right. So it's all symbolism. But God put it in his word. And basically he repeated it through the scripture over and over and over as a type. Seven steps, seven, 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 everything is seven. So we said now watch. And we which entereth into that within the veil. And we're going to read in uh, Hebrews 9 to see what is in there. But we've got to enter into something that is a secret. You and I have to enter into something that is veiled from everybody else. That has been kept a secret from everybody else except a prophet in this end time and type. And the high priest uh, in that type and in the temple. So it's a secret to the people. You and I. At no other time could anyone outside of the high priest enter into that realm. WHICH IS BASICALLY IN THE PRESENCE OF THE PILLAR OF FIRE, EXCEPT A PROPHET. NOW THEN THE PROPHET TELLS US IN 1964 THAT IT IS DEATH TO YOU AND I IF WE DO NOT ENTER INTO THAT LITTLE ROOM CALLED THE PRESENCE OR THE PERUSIA OF CHRIST THE PILLAR OF FIRE. IT IS DEATH NOT TO COME INTO THAT WITHIN THE VEIL. Alright, so let's read it now. Wherefore, the, the, whether the forerunner, which is Jesus Christ to us, our big brother, is for us entered. He's already entered into the heavenly realm now. There's a tabernacle in heaven where all this is symbolism. There is a service order going on in heaven. We'll read about it in Revelation chapter 5 6, whatever more as it goes through. The forerunner for us, even Jesus made an high priest now for us, forever, for seven church ages, after the order of Melchizedek, which we know was God, manifested in the flesh. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence today. And we ask that you would feed our souls on the hidden matter that's veiled in this secret place. We pray that you would open our hearts and minds and give us understanding in this hour that you provided for us. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning, and we thank each one for being with us on live streams, especially in Canada. We're looking forward uh, to eventually going back and seeing, being in church as soon as they open the border. We will try to work that out. All right, we want to look at the seventh seal, and I'll get the text in a few minutes. The seventh seal and the golden censer. And what we're looking at is entering into that within the veil, and Paul tells us in Hebrews 9, 1 to 5. If you want to turn there or you've got the Scripture in your notes. In Hebrews 9, 1 to 5, we were told what Paul said was in this holiest of all. He said now in verse 9, then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. Nope. Now, what, uh, keep your draw, uh, David, keep the drawing up there if you don't mind. they got the uh, scriptures in front of them. So keep the drawing in mind so you see what Paul is talking about. Paul is telling you exactly what's in this drawing here. After the second veil, the tabernacle was called the holiest of all, which where he showed this drawing, which is made by man, shows only the ark. He said, which had, what? The golden censer. Paul is telling us that the golden censer is in this holiest of all. Where if you go to the Old Testament, it's in the holy place. The censer is out of place. But Paul says it's in there. The holiest of all. So that's what we want to look at. How is the golden censer dealing with us today? And the Ark of the Covenant. So Paul says, In the holiest of all, you had a golden censer, which the high priest used once a year for the fragments and incense to go up before God, and they sprinkled the blood and then went through his process. And the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold. Wherein now in the ark or in this box the ark, wherein was the golden pot that had manna. Now in our t- type that's the word which we're going to find out that that is the shout of First Thessalonians four sixteen. It is also hidden manna which gives us uh, a clue that it's going to be the interpretation of the seven thunders revealed on the Revelation ten one to seven. So everything that's hidden there is manna. It's hidden. It's locked up. No one can get to it outside of the high priest. All right. So you're looking at something hidden. You're looking at something that we don't partake of. But we must have something to enter into there. And when you enter into there, there has to be a light. There has to be food for the soul. And there has to be something that sustains us until we go through the process of immortality. So when you look at hidden matter, and we'll get to what that is, you're looking at the mystery of the seven thunders under the seventh seal. Now, young people, just open your mind and listen, and let the picture come together. Like I said, you're in a position this hour, all you have to do is say, I believe it, and you're going to make it. Now that, if you'll take that, that's what a prophet said. If you take the word of God and a prophet, you don't have nothing to worry about except saying amen to the truth. Watch your mind. Don't let it come up against the Word. All right. Wherein was a golden pot that had manna, which we'll look at that. I call it the shout. I call it the seven thunders or the revelation in the manna. Watch. And Aaron's rod that budded. We'll look at that because the priests wanted to know uh, who was the biggest or whatever the smartest. So they put all the rods in there and the one that budded and his name on it got the and Aaron's rod budded. We'll look at that when we get to that particular part. But the Aaron's rod that budded speaks of the resurrection, which would be the voice of the archangel. What I'm saying is, everything in there is a part of this end time ministry. And we must partake of that within the veil for immortality. That within the veil will change our body, according to the Apostle Paul and the prophet of this hour. Watch. And the tables of the covenant which we'll understand later on, has to deal with the trump of God. Shout, voice, and trump. We are not clear on the trump as far as I'm concerned yet because it's that period of time between the resurrection and the translation. There'd be a period of 30, 40 days. Brother, Brandon, Brother Lee said, Brother Ram said it could even take six months, but from that period of time, the resurrected and the living will be gathered together here on earth, and basically that trump is that mystery. What happens during that time no one knows. So there is the only element that Brother Brown said I've seen the seven seal go by. And the third part of it went by in unknown tongues. He said I could not be, uh, interpret it. So it's still basically unknown but it would be revealed at the end as we go through the message it will unfold to you. So if we keep feeding on this word it will unfold to us exactly what it is. And he showed us the types which was the tabernacle and the Feast of Israel holds the secret of the plan of Almighty God for us and the Jews. So Aaron's that buddy speaks of the resurrection and the tables of the covenant which to me reveals that trump part of the that we're looking at. Over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat. Now there's where the pillar of fire hovered in the holiest of all. Of which we cannot now speak particularly. So when you look now, Paul, I'm gonna we'll stop here. When you look at the tabernacle of Moses, it also types the humanity or the human ministry of Jesus from his birth, his sacrifice, high priest, intercession to judge. The 5 ministry day should be preaching Jesus as the judge. I've looked through every uh, website that ministers in this message as far as I can find. I found none of them mentioning or preaching the judge. I find 95% of them trying to get me back out of the holiest of all, back in the holy place where the candlestick is under the Feast of Pentecost. As we said, we have been under the Feast of Pentecost, or in the holiest of all, for seven church ages, candlestick being the only light and each age had its portion of the light as the Holy Spirit drawed it out on the wall. That was shadowed part more important than the seventh uh, eclipse of that moon was a total shutout of the last age showing that Laodicea would be a mixture of light and darkness warring together. There's the brightest revelation in the hour of gross darkness that's ever been presented to man. So there's a study there of light and darkness. How great is our darkness, or how great is our light? Watch. The tabernacle always shows, shows the progress of the church from repentance, sanctification, seven church ages, and finally coming to perfection at the end of the ages where we found a restoring to the original atonement for us, the Gentiles now, when the last dispensation of the word opens to us, which is the seventh seal, and when these elements in the holiest of all are what we call the perusia of Christ, the presence, we call it the bright age now coming into reality for us. Are you following me so far now? If we're in seven church ages, which is seven candlesticks, and Brother Branham says, Now we've been translated out of the Pentecostal age. Translated means that you have been raptured, translated out of the Laodicean and Pentecostal over into the Bright Age. The only place that you can go out of the holiest of all is into the uh, holy places, into the holiest of all. Now remember the holiest in the holiest of all is where the pillar of fire dwells now he's telling you that we have to go into his presence that you hear me call the perusia of Christ which there is for is first Thessalonians 4 16 that the pillar of fire the one on the throne in Revelation chapter 5 we'll look at it if you want to go there that in front of that throne was a book And we see the lamb, the bloody lamb now, that has interceded for seven church ages somewhere behind this mercy seat in heaven. He comes into view at the end of the seventh church age. And basically he says, who can take the book? Now that book contains the mystery of redemption, where your name is sealed in there until that book is open. Every name has to rest in the grave, but the living must have their name called for them while they're alive. You must be identified by the open book. Your name must be called to make you into this holy place called the bride. The bride now is the dwelling place of the pillar of fire or where he puts his name. God's only chosen place of worship was in Christ his son. But now remember the bride now is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And he put his name where he habitates. And he habitates in the hearts of his elect. Are you following me? So we are now the tabernacle of the revelation of the ministry of Jesus Christ as Melchizedek. All right, Just listen. Listen to the story. So now we go to Revelation chapter 8 verse 1 to 5. And I said, now we'll back up a little and give you the story here, how we get to there, just in a few after read the text. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I, I know that man has figured out one hour with God is a day is a thousand years, so they, th- they say this is about 21 to something years now. I think their type is going to fail, but it's about a 20 to 25 year space of time as far as we're concerned. But in heaven now, in heaven there was silence. In heaven. Not down here, in heaven. There's silence in heaven for about the space of half an hour. In other words, there was no symbol, there was no utterance given or seen by John To give this seal away to the public that's the reason why most of the message people says the seventh seal is a mystery it is a secret and no one can know anything about it and they use a quote out of its place to prove it by Brother Brown's message they use the quote where Brother Brown said see he's talking about the Jews under the altar Eichmann what are more he said see the mystery of those Jews wasn't revealed yet because the seventh seal is not open. Well, they take that, that the seventh seal is not open, but Brother Branham said we couldn't understand those souls on the altar until the seventh seal is open. Now, since the seventh seal is open, we can understand who those Jews are under the fifth seal. That's what he's telling me. That's what he's telling me. To others, they say, well, it's not open. I can't figure it out. To me, he said, well, here's the mystery here, it is, right here, since the seventh seal is open, and Brother Branham, if you don't know Christ is the seventh seal. Christ is the logos or the pillar of fire. So the seventh seal has to come down here. Now you're in Revelation 10, 1 to 7. Because that angel comes down with the open book. Now, how did he get the book? It's what we're going that takes place in heaven. Now watch. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Now, we know the seventh trumpet, Brother man said, see, the seventh trumpet, the trumpet is to Israel. He says seven trumpets, but we know the seventh trumpet is to Israel as the seventh seal was to the Gentile bride. Okay. Seventh trumpet is to Israel what the seventh seal is to the Gentile bride. Seals, Gentiles. Trumpet, Jews. Accomplishing the same thing. All right, Feast of Trumpets, brother, and said, see, under the seventh seal, God promised a Gentile prophet, he will come and restore the church back to the original atonement by the mystery that veiled under the seventh seal, which was silence in heaven that no one knows anything about or it wasn't written about in Scripture. He goes through the process, of telling you Jesus showed, laid out the six seals in Matthew 24. But he said when he come to the seventh, there was nothing said about it. John come down to the six seals, give you symbols, whatever more, but when he come to seventh, nothing was said about it. So everybody knows that this mystery, the seventh seal, is a mystery. But basically, Brother Brown told us it is Revelation 10, 1 to 7. It is the coming, which I call the perusia, or the appearing of the pillar of fire to the seventh church-age messenger. Because he said at the time of Revelation 10:7 that coming of the pillar of fire, that seventh church-age messenger will be on earth at the time of that coming. So that is not a physical coming of Jesus the man. It is the pillar of fire, God himself, the Shekinah glory veiled, coming down to earth to the church-age messenger, To unveil himself. He comes down to open your book of life. We can know who Jesus is, but we got to know who we are. Are you following now? He comes down to open your book of life. To reveal to you who you are. To heal us of our spiritual amnesia. Come on now, because our name was written in Christ before the foundation of the world. And now it's time for the Word manifested in flesh form, you and I, to be unveiled to the world. (laughs) The bride comes into view. Glory to God. And in that last step, we are in that little tent, in that little room. That everybody's waiting, brother man, come back and set up a tent. That seventh tent was a vision of the seventh seal. That little room was the mystery of the seventh seal and the holiest of all. Revealed to us as the, appro- the perusia or the appearing of Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. God himself is here in human flesh called the bride. Are you following now? Watch. So, it said, and another angel came and stood at the altar, what you're drawing up here now, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, and he should offer it with the prayers of all saints. If that's all saints, that's me and you too. All saints means all the saints. And he tells us that basically it is prayers that have accumulated, that has been sent up, accumulated, now all these prayers go up before Almighty God. And that's the reason the prophet said, He's the same yesterday and forever. Everything in the atonement out here now under the brazen altar, justification, faith towards God, divine healing in the atonement, everything in the atonement, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. All of our prayers go up before God, and that's the reason why if all prayers goes up, the Apostle Paul's prayers goes up. And the Apostle Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1:17 prayed that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would come and give us a knowledge of Himself, that we may know what is the mystery of His presence, what is the glorious inheritance of His name, And give us the knowledge and the quickening power of the resurrection. And rise above all principalities in the rapture into immortality. That's what we're looking at. God is pushing us now into this position. We will see that more revelation unfolds to us. When you will recognize and take by faith your position in the holiest of all. That you are the called. You are the elected. You are little eagles feeding on the hidden manna, the body word of the Son of Man. That's the ministry within the holiest of all are this hour. Now watch. This angel having the golden censer. I believe this angel to be Jesus Christ because the priest is the only one that can have the golden censer and go in there. Watch. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne now if he's offering up the prayers of all saints this is just a little point then we would understand then that the intercession ministry of Jesus is over makes intercession for seven church ages he comes out at the end of the age he takes and claims the book of redemption. The father comes down to call the living group's name. Seal them in their foreheads. And none of these plagues or whatever more will touch us. <laughs> now it's getting to the place if you get the coronavirus. Or if you get some kind of disease. You're not baptized with the Holy Ghost. Boy, it gets awful quiet. And the preacher don't want to preach it. But that's what the prophet said. Well, Brother Greg, you believe that Brother So-and-so got the coronavirus. You're saying he don't have the Holy Ghost? I'm not saying nothing. I'm just saying the prophet of God said, every man that was sealed by the Holy Ghost will not contact or be under the disease of, of these diseases. And you should shout hallelujah, because I don't believe anybody here has come down with it yet. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody won't come down. I'm not saying that, that we can't get it. All I'm saying is, we're under the protection of a revelation. We're in the holiest of all, and there's no disease. Amen. There's no plague, there's no pestilence. Go to Ephesians 1. There's nothing in the holiest of all that can touch you because you're in the presence of Almighty God. Amen. Now, once our confession lines up with where we're at, come on now. We take the blood for the atonement. But that's out here. That's under Pentecost. That's through seven church ages. But what about when God comes down and tells you, your bride, that you're already sealed in, that there's no sin laid to your charge, then you are confessing that you're saved. The second confession is that you're healed. There's two confessions. See, we confess one. Do you confess Jesus Christ, your Savior? Yes, oh, you're saved. But there's two confessions. In Isaiah 3, it speaks more about your healing first. Healing, sickness, then salvation. If we confess the atonement for our salvation, then we have to confess the atonement for our healing. Amen. Therefore, if He took our diseases, He took all our trials, He took all the depression upon Him, then if we have them and we confess Him a Savior, our next confession is, I am free from all these diseases. Amen. Therefore, by His stripes, I'm already healed. So, Satan, get away from me. I am God's property. Come on, every disease germ, that touches my body, the Holy Spirit, the anointing now is on your flesh. Everybody say, I am healed. I'm healed. I am well. I'm, well. I'm in the presence of God. Glory to God. I'm a little eagle. I'm feeding on head and manna. Praise God. By his drops, I'm already healed. By the word, I'm being changed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's where we're at. I don't have enough wind or even intelligence to put it there, but I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Amen. I always said if T.D. Jakes or somebody like that could get this revelation, my, he set this black world on fire. Can you imagine sitting in the congregation of blacks the way they scream and holler, rejoice, and T.J. Jakes with all that flowery speech, if he could unveil this to them, they would tear them pews up and they'd be screaming and hollering. it would be, oh, that organ would be going, oh man, they'd be up and down their spine. But every time they go, I said, it's not out there. It's not a feeling. Look, the Holy Ghost is not a feeling. Baptism, the Holy Ghost is not emotion. There is no sensation to your new birth. Are you following me? There's no sensation in the new birth today. Why? Because you're in here. It, you're in the holiest of all. You're in here. Amen. If you was out here in Pentecost, woo, glory to God. Speak, everything else. But you're in here. The hidden man in there don't give you sensation. It gives you a revelation of who you are. Amen. Praise be to God. Whew. Where am I at? Smoke of the incense which came with the verse 4, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hands. Now, we'll get to this later, but it seems that God is still on his throne in this setting here. Seems that way. The angel took the censer, filled it with the fire of the altar, and cast it into the earth, and there were voices, and thunderings, and lightnings, and an earthquake. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, hallelujah. You'll also find when you read under the seventh seal that we did here, if you read the text under the seventh trumpet, and you read the scripture under the seventh vow, you'll find out that it was voices, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. What it's telling me is the seven seals come down through seven church ages. The seven trumpets come down through seven church ages. Seven vowels come down through 2,000 years. All of them come out Come down, come down, and now you're, you're under number seven. If the Lord will help us, we'll look at the thunders, the trumpets, and show how the first trumpet fulfills World War One, second trumpet fulfills World War Two. Then you got basically three wolves, which we know that's World War One, One and Two, and the third one is hell off. You'll find out that they cause the uh, fourth or fifth. I I'd to go put them in line. Uh, basically, where they call wormwood which was a disaster. We know that Cherubim, or whatever they pronounce that over in Russia, the greatest atomic outpouring it was, that Cherubim interpreted is wormwood. So you're going to find that these symbols is just a story that's coming down through the last 2,000 years, and we find our part in it. You can find the examples in it. You can find the wars in it. You can find everything that God has done, all typed out in the book of Revelation, making the book of Revelation now the people's book that's in the holiest of all, because it will only open up to that bride in that little room. Now remember in the tent vision, which is symbolic of the seventh seal, Brother Abraham said, now the angel said, I will meet you in there, that little room, and he seen a vision of people coming out through the tabernacle of the cathedral, which is a type of the tabernacle there, all the way out into the street, as far as he can see, showing you that this third pool affects the people around the world. And when they come out, they was absolutely, completely whole. They lacked the arm, they had an the arm, they lacked the eye, they had an the eye. They was absolutely whole, which tells me there is a part of the perusia that's to be manifested, Brother Brown called the third pool, which is the outpouring of the power of God, on that group that goes in there, it will make you completely whole. There is going to be a healing power. It's going to be a perpetual health. It's going to be a transformation. You will have eyes. We'll multiply the fishes. We'll have all these things absolutely in the holiest of all. Glory to God. There's a power among us. Whew. Glory. There's a power among us. And we had a glory to God. We had a time traveler come among us. Let me please that. You see these movies, Time Travelers? I like them. It was one this guy. He keeps going back, trying to get this girl that he likes. And every time he goes back, something interrupts it, and he, he don't get her. So in other words, he turns around and goes back five minutes earlier, so trying so trying to change things so he can get her. He don't get. He spent that whole hour and a half of that movie, but he never did get that girl. <laughs> time traveler. How many believes in time travel? Brother Bram said, now. Just listen to my voice. That's not me. I don't know what he's saying. I'm back 40 years. I see you sitting on the doctor's table. You got a tumor, so-and-so. So-and-so. Oh, I see you. Oh, the operation went well. You're healed. You wake up now. Whatever he said, believe it. Where did he go? Come on now. Where did he go? He went back. He traveled backward in time. Not only could he travel backward in time, he could travel forward in time. <laughs> now, I know people don't like Brother Lee Vale. He's passed on now, bless his heart, one of the greatest teachers in shoe leather that I've ever heard. That's outside the Apostle Paul. He said, I wasn't in a room with a uh, motel or something with Brother Branham. He tells a story. And there was kind of a kid along. And he said, oh, Brother Bram, you got them all fooled. He said, I was just joking. He said, Brother Bantam froze. He said, you can feel that presence in that room. He said, you stood there just total fear. I couldn't move a muscle. He said, I watched him looking over in the corner of I eyes going back and forth, back and forth. I stood there, and I said, oh, my, I just froze. He said, pretty soon, he kind of blinked it out and turned around and smiled. He said, what, what was you doing, Brother man?" He said, I was checking the book to see who was talking to me. He said, I found your name there. Yeah. Come on now. And they want to go up to the prophet. Oh, can I wear pajamas? Can I, can I do this? Can I put bobby pins in me? Oh, my God, help us all. Why don't you go up there and say, Brother Bam, would you look in the book to see if my name was there? They didn't know who they was talking to. They thought they had somebody with a little gift of healing. There stood God in human flesh, Giving you the desires of your heart. If you were to ask him, if you really wanted to know, is my book on the life, Lamb's book of life, he would have told you. Wonder how he could say, I could talk to a man five minutes and tell whether he's got the Holy Ghost or not. How can he do that? But you know what? You can too. If you get so far in the word, you can sit and talk to somebody five or ten minutes, you can tell exactly where they're coming from. Oh, I don't believe that peruse junk. I just can't see that. Oh, brother, oh, he was off the word. Oh, brother, Gregor's off the word. Oh, I don't believe. He ain't going to have it. He don't have it. He said, what if you don't have it? I know he don't have it. <laughs> I know he doesn't have it. I think I got it, but I know he doesn't have it. Well, brother Gregor, what if you, what if you get this virus? Well, I'm going to take brother Bam's court. That's not what he wasn't meaning to me. What if other preachers get it? Well, Brother Ram said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we go, isn't it? Amen. We'll get, we'll get it out of it. I'll put it in your notes. I won't get to it because I'm already running out of time. We've had some young ladies get baptized or young people get baptized lately. They always wonder, Did I receive the Holy Ghost? Sure, you received the Holy Ghost. You repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this bread right here. You sell the water baptism, sanctification. Now you've got to go into the door, which is the holy place, by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But the problem of it is, you can't understand, you were baptized with the Holy Ghost, but how knows it's like a jar. I, I've used the example before. It, it getting, coming out of the world, they told me, boy, you're sanctified. you got the Holy Ghost. And I knew I was just about as mean as I was before. Now I said, I'm not supposed to cuss, and I can't smoke, somebody see me, and I can't do this, and I can't watch TV, I got to do this, I got to let everybody know I got the Holy Ghost. But inside, I knew that I was like a jar full of rocks. Let me know that you're full of, I shouldn't say the wrong thing, full of things that you don't want to be full of. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Got me out of trouble. God is good, isn't he? But when you're baptized in water, do you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? Absolutely. As far as you're concerned, you're full of the Holy Ghost. But it's like a jar. I put it like this. It's like a jar full of rocks. And you put it full of water. Is that jar full of the Holy Ghost? Yeah, it's full of the Holy Ghost. But it's already got some rocks in it too. Then you set and start preaching. That's the reason why you've got sanctification out here. Preacher gets up and starts preaching on smoking this and whatever more, going down his list, A, B, C, D, F. When he gets through, he covers everything from broke cars or whatever more. Then turn right at the end of that and say, Oh, we know you're saved by grace. So be words. Mm, 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 mm. So you get convicted and quit smoking. All that's happened now is you picked a little rock out, cigarettes and throwed it aside, and now that word filled up a little more. So instead of ten rocks, you only got eight rocks left. Oh, I got a temper uh, like a buzzsaw. Uh Uh-oh, we need to preach a word on that. Pray and dedicate to God, and the word will take that temper out of there, and now there's another rock. You take out another rock. You dress right, take out another rock. You quit this, you take out another rock. All the time you're getting filled up. Fill And pretty soon, you got all the rocks out, and now you can stand in the holiest of all and say amen to the word of God. Come on, and you can shout hallelujah without any condemnation, because now you have been declared. what declared righteous you say well I'm not righteous you have been declared righteous Oh, I'm not perfect but you have been declared perfect how can you be declared perfect because the blood of Jesus Christ that you confess right back here at the golden altar makes you perfect are you following me (laughs) <laughs> I and mean, remembers the whirlwind coming down out there, and the f- fire of God falls, and the prophet threw a rock in there and it made three blasts, boom, 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 went, and, and it was a judgment sign of the west coast like a fellow. Okay, there's where one of the earthquakes come, right there. We'll pick it up. This angel in the seventh seal, just a few minutes now, if you go back to Revelation 5, We find out that we find in heaven, in the sanctuary here, in the throne of God, where God sits upon the throne, there was a debate went on. And the debate goes on about who's worthy to proclaim the book. And Brother Bannon puts it, our attorney and our advocate, our adversary, in other words. He said, Jesus is your attorney. And the devil is getting charged against you. And so therefore, the trial goes on up here in heaven now. And at the end of the trial, Satan could not take the book of life. He goes back to Ruth and Boaz and all that explains all that. You can, go, you can type for hours. But then he wins the case. And the Lamb of God is the only one that's worthy to come and take that book, that sets out here before the throne of God, in the presence of everybody. King James said it's in the hand of Him that sit on the throne. It's at the right hand, or it sits out here before the throne, waiting for someone to claim it to open the book. You've heard of Brother Bam tell the story. You've heard of the seals. John wept, which typed the bride. And he said, John wept because no one was found worthy. And he said, Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is found worthy. And the eye looked and saw a lamb come forth. And by the bloody lamb, the blood through seven church ages, spoke, made him worthy to come out and to take the book. Now somewhere between there, he's leaving his intercessor or mediation ministry comes forth and takes the book and we know according to Brother Brown he climbs up on the throne of God and sits down. Now the prophet said we have a man on the throne of God. Now over here in Revelation we just got through reading that this priest takes the golden censer which is the prayers of all saints that it may ascend up before God. So we're looking at a time period here or a ministry that went on in heaven that Brother Branham was manifesting down here on earth because this one in Revelation 10, to 7, which is God himself comes down with the open book and begins to call your name. He calls your name. He don't say Earl, Joe, or Bill. He preaches the revealed word to you. Let's put it like this. In the measure and in the quality and in the ability that you can receive. If all you can receive is God sent a prophet and you can't understand Melchizedek or any symbols, but you believe God sent a prophet and that's all you can get, that's what's going to put you in there. But if God sent a prophet and you are ordained for the body change and the rapture, you are also ordained and gifted to be able to understand and to feed on the hidden manna and take the word of God, which is strong meat. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And you are an eagle, and you may not be able to chew it up like an old eagle's can, rip it off. But you can sit there and gum it to death until you get a little juice out of it. That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? That's when us old eagles watch you young people say, well, what is this? And sling that blood around and sling it around. You go back to the Baptist and, man, I can't eat that chicken meat. That's dead mare and it's got maggots in it. I can't handle that. So you come back and you take another slice of meat he said, "Boy, this is tough. I can't take this." and you chew on in a while." He said, "That's not for me. You go back out and they feed you some soup or they feed you some uh, whatever more, a little party, a little fellowship. The soul said, "I'm starving to death. you better, you better go back where there's some meat." Here you come back in. What's calling you back in? Come on, what's calling you back in? What is setting you? in the presence of the Word of God that the whole world has turned down. Think about it. Who brought you here this morning? Wasn't your husband? It was God's thoughts and attributes before the world started. He, knew, he could look forward 5,000 years ahead and tell you he's going to be sitting here this morning with a pink shirt on. Glory to God. He could tell whether your heart was going to be open. He said, Now that's the morning. I'm going to put this little piece right down in there. And you leave here and you say, Nothing's changed, but I guarantee you something's changed. So let me go through this little part and we'll stop and we'll never get to the sermon. We'll get to them sooner. This angel in Revelation 5 that basically comes. and takes this golden censer. In Revelation 5 we see the bloody Lamb comes from behind the throne, where He was doing His intercessor work for seven church ages, come and takes the sealed book with seven seals, and in this book is the hidden manna, which is the mystery of seven thunders, that only a prophet can open, the mystery of redemption, and He breaks one, he breaks two, he breaks three, he breaks four, he breaks five, he breaks six, and then he breaks the seventh. Each one, he gives you a symbol. i seen so-and-so, but he didn't, was forbidden to write what he heard. The seventh, as I said, wasn't given any symbol, and it was silence. We know that he hands it to the open book. He hands it now. To the one on the throne and the pillar of fire, which is a Shekinah glory, actually comes down according to Revelation 10, 1-7. He comes down with an open book in His hand to basically close redemption. He comes down not as intercessor, not as mediator, but He comes down now as the judge. That's the reason why Brother Bam looked at the cloud with the wig one. He said, there he is. What is the white wig? Well, that's Jesus. No, he said, it was the judge. He come as the judge. He come and put the church on trial. We found out that he indicted the church systems and put every one of them under the mark of the beast. They are souls locked up in prison, only waiting now for the execution or the lake of fire. Which will be basically cremation under atomic fire and they'll go back to the dust and so and so. We see that the seventh seal is the appearing or the perusia of the Lord Himself. When I say the Lord Himself, I'm talking about Elohim Almighty God. We see him descended to Revelation ten seven, which was a prophet, to bring forth the mysteries that was veiled and was hidden. In the holiest of all, in the throne room in heaven. And we also believe that the seventh seal was the fulfilling of the tenth vision given to Brother Branham. It was the fulfilling of the sword in his hand. It was the fulfilling of many visions and symbols that he gave to us, and we could go through each one of them if you would like. And he called the presence or the seventh seal, he called it the presence or the appearing. He also called it the shout. Of 1st Thessalonians 4 16 and we know we see this angel with a golden censer in his hand and he comes to the altar and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people and now this also speaks of the day of atonement now you're moving into a transition that the prophet went, took us through he takes us through the transition and restoration of the word to the original atonement and now this angel picks up the golden censer and he's speaking of the dime of the atonement for the Jews. He transfers now to the Jews. Let me skip over and get all, you can read it all, oh, whatever more. I got your quotes in there. You can read it and follow. Let's just put it this way uh, David, have you got the uh, drawing of the feast, seven feasts of Israel? I wish I was a teacher; I could do that. I'd rather preach it. But look, okay, you see that right there? Seven feasts to Israel. These seven feasts will bring Israel into the millennium. They will have to experience these feasts in a reality, real. Jesus fulfilled the first Passover, unleavened bread, sheaf of first fruits pentecost jesus fulfilled those feast types that they were absolutely celebrating at the time that they were doing the celebration in other words when the jews were celebrating passover jesus was absolutely going to the passover lamb that's what they're taking him to the trial when he come to unleavened bread then basically he was typing the unleavened bread. Because he was the bread from heaven that was unleavened. Watch. Sheaf of the first fruits, he was the first fruits of the resurrection. Passover, I'll send you the Holy Ghost as the comfort leader. And the Holy Ghost come down on the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost. So Jesus fulfilled these types exactly to the day and time that God told Israel to celebrate them. And God said, this is a solemn assemblies. You must do them perpetually forever. Which in, even in the millennium, there'll be a type of them still going on. Brother Branham, I'll give you a quote. In here, where Brother Branham said, uh, let's see if I can get it. He said, you have a shout, a voice, and a trump. The third thing is a trumpet. Watch where he points you. Which always at the feast of trumpets. Watch here the feast of the blowing of the trumpets. Now that's trumpets plural. Two prophets is calling the people to the feast, and that will be the bride's supper. He's looking at the blowing of the trumpets to Israel. Two prophets. Calling them now for the Feast of Tabernacles. He's placing the rapture or the translation of the bride. At the time of the Feast of Trumpets. And that will be the bride's supper. The Lamb's supper with the bride in the sky. See the first things come forth is his message calling the bride together. Now. Brother Branham said there's nothing saying that we cannot know the month of the, what we call the rapture, which is the trump. If Jesus fulfills the first four feasts in his human ministry to the very time and to the very day, it would speak to me that he would do the same for the last three. If he doesn't, he breaks, he breaks the whole... Cycle. Because each feast is a revelation of Jesus Christ to Israel. Blowing of the trumpets is Revelation 11, two prophets. They come and they preach Jesus Christ as Passover, unleavened bread, sheath, and first fruit, and Pentecost. Bringing the Israel to the day of atonement, showing that Jesus was their Messiah. And the Bible said in Zechariah, different place, they go into their homes, they weep and wail. Because they understand that they have crucified the Messiah. And they spent a period of time, which that period of time is exactly as the types over here. They spend that period of time. And then they go into the Feast of Tabernacles, which would be the resurrection of the two prophets. The in the air and then the second coming. Of Jesus Christ with his bride back. To fight for. The bride. So from the feast of trumpets. To the tabernacles for Israel. Will be 1260 days. I maintain according to that. If he fulfills this way. The rapture or the ascension. The trump to us. Will happen somewhere under the feast of tabernacles. Which is September or October Then you look. You looked it up. It's somewhere in there. It's two different months because they got two different calendars. One is uh, ceremonial, and one is another calendar that Jews use. September and October, middle of September and October. The resurrection will take place shortly before that. Then you'll have the same cycle: resurrection, anointing, what Pentecost. The trumpet, two prophets come down, brother. I said, two prophets come down as the bride goes up. So, to me, somewhere in September, October, whenever that feast of trumpets is to Israel, that'll be the time that it looks like the bride will go up. Now, the election won't take place this year until, what, November? I honestly believe, but I sure hope it's different. That somehow, hook or crook, and we see how they're doing it, that Biden, which is just a shell, he's just a front. He's a, he's a walking corpse. He's either dying of something or something, something bad wrong with him. But they'll find a way to put him in, and you'll have a woman president, which will either be Obama's wife or... Don't, don't be shocked now. Because Obama come out fire another day at the funeral, he went right back in it. So I said, "Well, I think they're going to put what's her name, Michelle, Michelle." <laughs> Glory to God that <laughs> the United States has given her everything you ever got, but she couldn't ever find nothing good with America. We got an antichrist, anti-America, a Marxist, communistic mindset fixing to take over the United States federal government. And the Catholic Church is behind it and Washington and the Vatican will make an agreement. You say, well Trump's going to make, I don't see Trump making an agreement with the Vatican. So it looks like we're going to have to have a Democrat in there to make a covenant with the Vatican. The bride goes up Two prophets come down, 1,260 days, it's over. My question is this morning. Are you in the inner chamber? Do you have the seal of God upon you? Are you full of the Holy Ghost? Have you took all the rocks out of your jar? Amen. Let's pray. Father. We thank you for that measure that you've given us. We thank you for the understanding that you've given us thus far. If we have spoke out of place, we pray that you would forgive us. But Lord, your word, you have followed it to the letter and has never failed. And we believe and trust by a vindicated prophet, you will follow it to the letter again. Therefore, open our hearts and open our minds to the types and the reality of the word of God. Let us see ourselves under this seventh seal as it unfolds to us, and let the seal come off of our mind, off of our spirit, and off of our soul, that our book can be opened, that we will be identified with the living Christ. I pray that you will take every ounce of unbelief from us, that our vessels may be full of your spirit, that we can rejoice and move on into the glorious dimension of the rapture. Help each one of us to understand. We thank you for the protection of your presence. We thank you for being under this shield of protection, this garment of righteousness that you have clothed us with. We thank you for revelation more than anything else. Therefore, Lord, by your stripes we are healed, and we confess that we have perpetual health by feeding on the hidden manna in the presence of Almighty God. Reveal it to our hearts, Father, for we thank you in Jesus' name, and everybody... Can say amen, amen. Well, this little light of mine, I think I'm gonna let it shine, amen. Oh, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let's stand this morning, would you? Oh, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. Well, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Sing it now. Oh, this little light of mine. Take the veil off. This little light of mine. Oh, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. Well, I gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Turn around and shake hands with somebody and let's sing it (laughs) out. This little light of mine Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Amen and amen, praise the Lord. Uh, that was good. Yeah, that, that that kind of fed my soul this morning. When you start saying things that you don't know nothing about, you're always afraid you're gonna get your toe burnt. You know what I mean? Because one word off is death. You say, well, that brother does so and so. That brother does so. That doesn't that doesn't count. Oh, you mean them things he doing don't count? Mm-hmm. One word. Word off. You see, you mean I got to get every word? No, you'll get the word that you can understand that you've been ordained to be the peace. You are the jigsaw puzzle. You will place exactly where God saw you. Amen. Amen. Must be getting close. We're getting all the desert babies back in. Amen. Amen. All the little desert babies are reached the age, you know what I mean? And they were the only ones that God allowed to enter into the holiest of all. Us old ones has got to worry about it. He gives you the age from so-and-so to so-and-so. I'm just about a year or two, I can go either way, but I still believe it. I'm on this side of the line. Amen. It's amazing how I always put myself in. (laughs) And everybody's always trying to put me out. And I'm always trying to put myself in. Because I want to be justified or condemned by the words out of my own mouth. So there's no reason for me to put myself out. I'm going to put myself in. Come on. Amen. Amen. How many is in this morning? Praise be to God. Now, I'd like for you to pray for uh, my wife and myself. She's going back to the doctor in the morning. And most of you know that they have found something on the colon that they have to, they say they need an operation to take out. So we're going to see the doctor in the morning to find out more about it. And there could possibly be surgery involved. And so we need your prayers at this time. We're believing that everything will be fine. Uh, I'm even praying that before the doctor's hand touches the body, the little polyp or what they call will be gone. Amen. Amen. So I'm believing that her blood will be right, and uh, the devil's given her quite a few bangs lately, the last couple of years. But uh, she's still she's still going. Amen. Quite a girl, quite a lady. So pray for us at this time. Now, I've told you for 40-something years, if one of us goes, the ministry is over. Somebody asked me, if your wife passes away, what are you going to do? I said, my ministry is over when she goes. So let's just pray that she keeps, God keeps both of us healthy, keeps her healthy so she can wait on me. <laughs> hey, I need somebody to take care of me. I I I I like coffee. Well I don't drink coffee, but I like a drink in bed. I like my clothes washed and ironed. it's amazing how it always appears in the right place. Always clean, always food's always there when they get hungry. I don't know what these brothers do without a wife. Amen. They're poisoning your blood or the best thing that God can give you, one or the other. But I got a good one. I got one of the last one of those ages. And uh, she was a diamond in the rough. I had to beat on her quite a bit to (laughs) get the shine out of her. But that's all right. But pray for us in this time as we go through these uh, tests and whatever more. So we're believing everything will be all right. And we'd like for you to agree with us in that. Amen. So God bless you. We thank the congregation in Canada. And I'm sorry that we hadn't been able to travel up there and to be with them. But they've been patient and listening. But I believe that in this series, as we go through this Uh, symbols one more time that there's something in there that we need that will bring this Brides Revival and bring the anointing of the Holy Spirit into our presence for this great power to catch us out of here. Amen. So God bless you. See you next Sunday morning if the Lord permits. Amen.